As I've said on a number of occasions, people seldom have a sense of urgency about events they don't believe they're going to be participating in. However, I strongly suggest this. Whether or not you're convinced you'll be here, you settle well in advance in your heart and your mind the prophetic events in the Word of God says will take place, will take place, whether you're here or not. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. I've spoken much about the clearly prophesied critical must events that will occur before the return of the Lord, and the central focus on Israel that will be key to understanding the timing of those events. So much of what we speak of here comes in the context of Jacob's trouble, that uh, final straightening that will come to his covenant people. And God's final dealings with Israel begins not when the nation is in a position of military threat or imminent danger, but when Israel is prosperous and secure in the land. Listen to what happens suddenly when the future Antichrist comes against the nation. Ezekiel 38, verse 8. After many days you will be mustered. You'll be mobilized. That's the Antichrist. You'll, you'll receive a deadly wound raised by means of a supernatural incarnation of Satan himself, who, by the way, has just been recently removed from the heavens by Michael and his angels. Read it, Revelation 12, verse 7. Ezekiel continues, In the latter years you will go against the land that is restored from war. The land whose people were gathered from many peoples upon the mountains of Israel, which had been a continual waste, been a waste since 1948, the post-war return to the land and the establishment of the Jewish state. Ezekiel continues, its people were brought out from the peoples, brought out from the nations, and now dwell securely, all of them. That last statement is important. They now dwell securely, all of them. When has that ever happened? Certainly something extraordinary has occurred. Dwelling securely, all of them. Listen to the questioning nations in that hour. Ezekiel 38 verse 12. Have you come to seize spoil, to carry off plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places that are now inhabited? And the people who were gathered from the nations who have been or acquired livestock and goods who, who dwell at the center of the earth, Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, and all its leaders will say to you, have you come to see spoil? Have you assembled your hosts to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil? Sheba, Dedan. That's modern-day Saudi Arabia. And Tarshish, that's modern-day Spain to the west. Ezekiel continues, Thus says the Lord God, On that day, when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know it? Israel has grown very prosperous when, when invaded suddenly and unexpectedly by the Antichrist. For the first time in 19 centuries, the temple and sacrifice have been restored, and the people dwell securely in peace and safety. Now, we can't miss the point God's making here. He's making clear to the covenant people he'll plead with them once again in the wilderness, this time, this time when they face near-catastrophic destruction. How much more? 
How much more must the church of the final days ponder the the profoundly instructive prophetic words of the Lord for such a time that's coming? You know, I'm immediately reminded of Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, a verse we've been talking about in recent podcasts. Now salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God. The brothers, the brothers are you and I, prepared beforehand by the Spirit of God to be a prophetic voice to a people crying in the wilderness once again. A church of travailing intercessors with clear, clear and distinct voices having been eradicated of the ages long accusations of the devil. Who else will possess the spiritual insight on the earth in that coming season? As globally people run to and fro seeking knowledge and understanding. Who else will be informed if the church is removed in a secret rapture seven years earlier? These holy places we've spoken of have only been recently restored. Certainly something must happen between now and the time Israel can ascend to Temple Mount to build and to sacrifice. Something must occur to provoke the Muslim acceptance of such an agreement, such an arrangement. We must now begin to pay close attention to what must be in place before the Antichrist can fulfill all he's set to accomplish. What the Holy Spirit has graciously done is provide the church with very clear prophetic fulfillments of the first three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week. That's so important because those events of that first half of the week will provide a highly effective witness by the church to the nations. Not only must the temple and sacrifice be in place, Daniel eleven twenty three, and from the time that an alliance is made with him, this future Antichrist, at that time he shall act deceitfully, and he shall become strong with a small people. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and the fortress, and shall take away the regular burnt offering, and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. The key occurrences spoken of by Jesus himself back in Matthew 24 that begin the great tribulation. Take note that something after this much celebrated peace arrangement is made with this notable man, he proceeds to conquer a powerful king to the south. And after the defeat of this king, the two sit down and plot against the holy covenant that pertains to the sanctuary and sacrifice. So you ask, What's the significance of the Holy Covenant? Why, why might this not be just another peace accord like those afforded Israel in recent decades? We suggest, we suggest the covenant of Daniel 9.27 is indeed the one and same Holy Covenant of Daniel 11.28. Now, if this is so, this evil man is confirming something that is holy. Let's read Daniel 9.27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. Now, let, let's spend a few minutes here with this verse. It's, it's often misunderstood. What we must decide it is if the covenant of Daniel 9.27, the verse we just read, is the one and same covenant spoken of in Daniel 11.28 and 30, 
while returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant. So he shall do damage and return to his own land. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him. These would be likely the, the Western naval forces who are currently docked at, uh, at Cyprus. Therefore, this future Antichrist shall be grieved and return in rage against the Holy Covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. There it said several times, the Holy Covenant. We suggest that Daniel 9.27 is that same covenant. That's the explanation of Daniel's 70th week. This would also indicate the evil prince is confirming something that's holy. Daniel 9 says he shall confirm a covenant. He will endorse, strengthen, he'll give a formal approval to the covenant, a holy covenant, the same holy covenant of Daniel 11. What this means is really unprecedented. This man is is giving a formal recognition of Israel's right to exist and partake among the company of nations. But most importantly, most importantly for Israel, permission is beginning to be given to sacrifice and offering on Temple Mount. It's not that it's just another peace agreement. It would be a profound recognition by Israel's Arab neighbors of the covenant nation's right to exist, that their ancient covenant promises by the the God of Abraham are legit and should be respected and adhered to by these nations of an ancient hatred. What's important for the church is by this man giving formal recognition to a holy covenant, an agreement he despises and and he hates, however much he pretends not to, The watchful believer, the body of Christ, will know this act of public confirmation of the Holy Covenant, whether by one individual, the Antichrist, or or more likely many nations, signals the beginning of the final countdown to the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week, cutting off the sacrifice and and placing there the abomination of desolation spoken by uh, Daniel the prophet, beginning the Great Tribulation. Listen to Daniel 12, 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, you might be saying, okay, listen, can, can you even imagine what such a recognition might mean globally? among the company of nations that have navigated hostilities in the Middle East, seems like forever. There's, there's real peace at last, albeit a deceptive peace, that will soon come to a sudden halt. This, this future peace is a recognition of a holy covenant that's been in existence since God's election of Israel, a covenant that promises the land to the Jews. But not so fast. The acceptance of this covenant, the Bible says, has now become a covenant with death and destruction as Israel comes to trust the nations and the Antichrist for its security and protection. Israel lowers its guard, embracing the long-sought peace and safety, perhaps even taking down the contentious wall and putting the Israeli defense forces at ease. 
After all, the covenant of the recognition and peace is supported by many. Many nations around the globe will be celebrating this significant peace that is like no other that's come before. Access to Temple Mount, sacrifice, perhaps most strikingly, acceptance by the world of their right to exist as a nation. While the world celebrates this rather sudden and long-sought peace in the Middle East, the church, the remnant church, familiar with the, the prophetic scriptures, will be shouting a time out, and that won't be real popular, a warning of woe to a world that's enthusiastically embracing this foolhardy assumption of permanent peace. The Bible doesn't teach that. That permanent peace comes much later. There will be significant pushback against the church in this critical transition. We see the subtle but growing resistance among political, social, and religious institutions in this present day. How much more? How much more will our future prophetic warnings be seen as completely misinterpreted and misapplied? The takeaway here, folks, is is based on the Antichrist's actions. The church will recognize they're in the final seven years of this age and do what Jesus told them to do in the first place. Go to the Jew first. We will be the voice to the covenant nation, once again being killed, imprisoned, uh, fleeing the urban centers throughout the world. We'll be providing places of refuge for fleeing Jews, modern-day Goshen, so to speak, pointing them to their own prophetic scriptures to bring clarity and understanding of the times we're in. Let me strongly suggest here this will be the most widespread outpouring of the Holy Spirit since Pentecost. You know, I like to say Pentecost, really, on steroids. God is abundantly clear with his timing indicators and and prophetic strategies being revealed in a rapid succession in the most intense period leading to the final three and a half years of this age. And we're able to know. We are able to know what Daniel understood by the Spirit that the Antichrist would bring to an end sacrifice and offering. He was familiar, Daniel was, with the writings of Jeremiah. Listen to Jeremiah 30, verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Then fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from far away and your your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob shall return and have quiet ease, and none shall make him afraid. When does that ever happen? Verse 11, "For for I am with you to save you, declares the Lord. I will make a full end of all the nations among whom I have scattered you. But of you I will not make a full end. I will discipline you in measure, in just measure, and and I will by no means leave you unpunished. And this is the Apostle Paul in that same category in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 5, 5-3. While people are saying there's peace and security, Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But 
you are not in darkness, brothers. He's speaking to the church. You're not in darkness here for that day to surprise you like a thief. These enormous effects we've spoken of that will once and for all change the spiritual dynamics on the earth are set in the absolutes of God's set times. Now, now we can allegorize it. We can, we can spiritualize it. We can place them in ancient history, as many in the church have. But, but like I said at the onset, regardless, regardless of your theological end-time position, they are going to happen. Now, are you preparing your heart? Are you preparing it now? Are you making plans to be a voice in the earth now? We often believe it will come down to beans and bullets. I believe the condition of your heart and mind will matter most in that day. Let's pray. Father, it'll be a great day. It'll be a terrible day. Lord, seismic events that will end this age. Bring your beloved forth and put your people in a position to rule in authority with Messiah on the earth for a thousand years. Father, I know this is a difficult thing for us to grasp, especially in the natural. So, so we ask you not only to prepare us for the day of the Lord, but give us clear eyes to see the width, the length, the depth, and the height for the church that you're preparing for that day. A Holy Spirit-filled body that will will go to the Jew first, which was our first assignment. We love you, Lord. We look forward to the day of your return, and we look forward to it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, be sure to pass along the link to your friends and family. And, uh, of course, it's, it's very helpful if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And we got some surprises coming up in the near future. I got a, a four-part interview I've done with Travis uh, Bennett. Travis hosts The Simple Layman on YouTube. You want to catch a couple of those programs. Uh, he came on the podcast with me, and we, we talked about Revelation chapter 12 and where the study of chapter 12 will take us elsewhere in the book of Revelation. I, you don't want to miss that. So that'll be coming up very soon. Well, God bless each and every one of you. And Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom. <laughs>